Welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa. And welcome to episode 3.11. I really like that I've kept my energy levels up for every single intro because eventually my voice will crack. I don't know when, but some point it will. I was nervous about that walking in today because my voice has been a little like horse lately it was a week at work where like i was in so many meetings and having to talk so much i was mm-hmm. like i need to be on vocal rest and i legit told scott last night when i was with him like i can't talk to you tonight and he was like why and i was like because i'm on vocal rest thank you <laughs> i'm dead serious let's see how you do come winter i but know that's gonna be even worse don't even get me started on that luckily but- you live with a singer that has dealt with this <laughs> before oh my god are you okay choking on coffee choking Co- on coffee coffee down the wrong pipe <laughs> um <laughs> everything no. is fine luckily luckily you live with me i got remedies i've been through it before where my voice is like giving yeah. out and i gotta do shit tomorrow or two days so it's a thing man i'm not about it but Anyways, welcome to 3.11. We here. We are kicking off a new series for you all today. We have another five-part series that we're really excited for. We've kind of touched upon some of these subjects before in previous seasons, but the way we're doing it this time around is very different, very unique. It has a whole new voice and sound to it, and I think mm-hmm. I think that a lot of it has kind of stemmed off from the quarantine stay-at-home orders mm-hmm. in a way, but in... Not in like a political sense or anything like that. Uh, The main, the way that this idea came about. So I had just spent like the whole summer, some of the spring with my parents. And I would hear tips from my mom all the time about things Mm -hmm. that I should be doing now that I'm 25. Oh, yeah. when you're Even when your mom was on the podcast and she told everybody to start moisturizing your necks, which I have been doing for over a year now since that episode. Oh, I moisturize my neck all the time. Every day. That that makes sense. Um, But, you know, she would just talk to me about things. And I'm like, wow, you know, there are a lot of things that we could be doing now to enhance our lives later on. And this isn't just like now, but, you know, Mm -hmm. just around your life as a whole. Like there are certain things that you should just do to enhance your health mm-hmm. at all points of the lifespan yes. so that you can have the longest lifespan if that makes sense not not only the longest lifespan but a healthy lifespan yes and a good quality lifespan yes so without further ado this is the wellness series 3.0 we've touched on it in season one we've touched on it in season two like i said before but uh, I think I think what's really cool about this, we have a lot of special guests that are going to be coming on for this. A lot of people who are so in these industries, they just know all the ins and outs. They are such experts, and we're really excited to kick it off. I think one thing that inspired another thing that inspired the series too not only with your mom because i know your mom does this a lot she even texts me sometimes and she's like are you doing this i'm like yeah (laughs) there is this docuseries on netflix that i watched uh about a month ago it's called unwell and it's all about the big wellness fads that are going on like fasting like supplements like essential oils uh they even have one on tantric sex which 
you bet your ass that's going to be in the sex episode for this wellness series. And they even have one on like guys who apparently bulk up with breast milk. Apparently that's a thing. And I was watching a lot of this and the whole docu-series takes it from three different angles. They take it from the extremist angles, like the ones who are doing this and it is like everything they do. Like for example, in the fasting episode, there are people who go on 28, 30, and 50-day fasts and have to be reintroduced to, like, refeeding and things like that. And then you have people who just do intermittent fasting for an eight-hour period, which can be considered a normal thing. And then there's obviously a lot of stuff in between. And that was a whole thing kickstarting for me of, like, why are people doing this? Does it actually work? Does it help your your overall lifespan and life goal? And I think when we were talking about it, it only made sense for the first episode in the series today to be fitness. And Sabrina is our resident fitness expert because she is an expert in her field. She works in this day in and day out. So this is going to be an interesting episode where I get to interview you. These are like I some know. of my favorite ones. This is, this is, wow, it's strange to consider myself like an expert because... You know, I like I'm young and I'm always learning. Like every day I'm learning so that I can be the best that I can be but for that's clients. A true, that's a true expert. You're yeah. constantly evolving. You're changing your opinion. You're changing the way you present information because the way that new information is presented to you. Yeah. And I have officially been doing fitness for five years now working in the industry. That's I, incredible. Five years ago was when I got accepted into the Buckeye Fit program at Ohio State, where they trained me to be a group fitness instructor. And from there, um, you know, it just it grew from there. And, and it that's brought me incredible. Here. So I think to kickstart all of this off, right, the whole theme for today's episode with fitness is obviously starting fitness as soon as possible, starting working out, starting those healthy, movable life uh, activities, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I think let's first start this off with how other than Buckeye fit, because I think when you applied to be Buckeye fit, you had already been studying and training and getting ready for that program. What actually got you into fitness? Like what was your start starting point Uh, for you? I mean, okay. So I grew up an overweight kid. I was eight years old wearing adult medium t-shirts. So, you know, I was constantly picked on in school. I was constantly struggling mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. weight. And so I started doing some fitness stuff, but I was not a sporty kid. Mm-hmm. And I was just always under this impression that I was never going to be able to do sports. Like that just, that wasn't me. Um, somehow I fell into cross country, probably just because I wanted to be with my friends or, you know, run with my friends. Naturally. And... You know, through that, somehow, I fell in love with running. And I think I fell in love with the idea that I was just constantly getting better, that I wasn't competing against anybody else. I wasn't trying to compare myself to others. I was just trying to beat my previous time Mm -hmm. from before. Mm -hmm. And that, that stuck with me. And that helped me keep running and keep moving. And... That's a good way to look at it because a lot of people, I know other runners who don't have that mentality, but I love that instead of comparing yourself to others' times, you're just comparing yourself to your own time. Yeah, because I mean, I knew I was I was not the fastest person. Uh, I am five foot one. I have tiny little legs like I'm not I'm not I'm not going to be the fastest person, but right. I was like, at least I can be faster than what I was yesterday right. or that last race. Um, 
So yeah, I yeah, the running the running was really where it started off. And I mean, so then how how did it stick? Because obviously you I know I know your personal journey just because we've been friends for so long, but you didn't ultimately just stick with running exclusively, right? Yeah. Like you eventually went into kind of a cross training high interval type of fitness lifestyle. I know in college, but was there a point in high school? Because I feel like high school is such a defi- uh, a defining point in our lives where most people who get involved with fitness from people that I know get involved because of a sport. They get involved yeah. because they're on a football team, a volleyball team, basketball, softball, whatever it may be. And that's usually how they get involved is by a sport. But mm-hmm. for you, I know that wasn't necessarily like your thing. It wasn't a sport that kickstarted well, off your journey. It was cross country. Cross country. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cross country. Yeah. Yes. It, it is. It is in like, in, in the sense of like running, but more so I meant for like the weight training aspect, like, Football players so, don't get into weight training unless they're in football. Yeah. And eventually you transitioned yeah. into weight training. So weight training happened when I moved to New York. Now, one thing I should make clear is that while I was running, while I was wanting to be faster than what I was uh, the previous race, I still had not the best relationship with fitness, with uh losing weight you know i was still jumping on the scale every day i was just so constantly concerned about you know gaining a pound so i i still had that kind of mentality it wasn't until Mm -hmm. i moved to new york and a scale was taken away from me so i couldn't i couldn't hop on the scale anymore um and i it was hard to run luckily i got hired at a crossfit gym so i started doing crossfit um, and that's where the strength ca- training came in. Did any of it pull from your previous experience with kettlebell competitions? Cause I know you used to be a kettlebell, um, competitor, which is yeah. a pretty heavily weight training focused activity. So when I did that, when I was in high school, I, I joined that cause my, my dad did it and my mom was doing it. I was like, I want to be with my parents. You want to try it too. I did fall off from it. Uh, you know, cause I was hanging out with my friends and I wanted to hang out with my boyfriend and I was right. just, you know, my head was all sorts of different places. It's that 16 year old mentality. I don't want to hang out with my parents. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, well, I'm running like this. This is how I'm doing weight management. This is how I'm right. figuring it out. Uh, now having that foundation definitely helped me get into, um, CrossFit helped me be more comfortable with weights because I know women sometimes can be uncomfortable around you know weights and stuff like that and as a trainer that's what i try to do is try to make women more comfortable with picking up dumbbells Mm -hmm. picking up barbells picking up kettlebells because for me when i began to do crossfit Mm -hmm. that changed a lot for me i well i stopped stepping on the scale because i didn't have a scale anymore available to me when i first moved here but then i also knew that when you strength train uh, muscle is more dense than fat is. So putting on that muscle, you could put on five pounds of muscle and still look pretty similar to what you did five pounds before that. But, you know, five to 10 pounds of fat, that can show up completely different right. on your body. The so, way you wear it is now differently. The weight isn't exclusive to just fat anymore. Mm-hmm. It's with muscle. And because of that definition, you're kind of creating those curves. You're creating that figure that is put in our heads when we're so young that our not 
hourglass figure, so to speak, or any sort of like slim figure. And I think people forget that huge factor is like muscle does have more weight than fat does, Mm -hmm. even though your entire physical appearance looks different than it would. So for example, to go on the physical appearance thing, I have weighed pretty much the same weight since college. But I have Damn, dropped. I wish. <laughs> okay, but wait. wait I know, I know. <laughs> but I have, I have dropped, you know, a couple pant sizes. But I still weigh the same as I did years ago. Right. But I'm wearing different sizes. So that's just one aspect of like what strength training can exactly. do. Now, when I got into the CrossFit environment, I, CrossFit is a workout that is very accepting for everyone they they accept all shapes and sizes all ages all whatever Mm -hmm. um and so people were just so kind to me they would they would comment like oh girl you're looking thick today like having that just like being surrounded with that mentality all the time i was like okay so it's cool to be I'm into it. I'm into it. It's not only a community about just positive reinforcement to work out, but a really positive body image, no matter what your body looked like. And Mm -hmm. that was a huge reason for me, too, that I joined in those communities because I, you know, my background, I came from figure skating where it is put into your head. You need to be skinny, Mm -hmm. not strong and not uh look like looking a specific type of way it's just you need to be skinny and look good in a dress and that for a lot of people there is that mentality in so many other areas where all of a sudden you're looking at yourself and like why am i not skinny instead of why oh. I, you mm-hmm. know what i mean because oh, when, yeah. you, when you look in the mirror and you just look at yourself constantly you just pick out all of those flaws but with the crossfit community or what used to be so to speak, <laughs> they, it, I, those people are still there, right? The ones mm-hmm. who are reinforcing the positive fitness relationships mm-hmm. that people should strive to have. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be surrounded by those people. And then, you know, I began doing the, you know, the strength training. And I was combining that with, you know, cardio. And, you know, because CrossFit has the powerlifting, it has the hit, it has the gymnastics. And I just started to really like how that felt. And I started to really like how I like just overall was mm-hmm. feeling like I was able to carry huge grocery bags five blocks away to my apartment and up three flights of steps because I was strength training. And I just I began to felt more capable as a woman. And I got to this point where I I think I got to that point before I even started CrossFit where I knew that I was never going to be like, quote, a stick girl. Right. And that's OK, because everybody is different you know Mm -hmm. everybody everybody's body just functions differently and my body was just never going to be one that was just what that was going to be slim i'm just not built like that and that's okay and but you are your own definition of slim that i i am going to counter that i think you're a very skinny strong girl uh in a really good aspect because you have curves you have a beautiful hourglass figure but it's a very the the word skinny and the word slim have a lot of negative connotations to them because it's all about losing fat rather than building muscle. And I think most people, when they look at you, they're going to say, wow, this bitch is skinny. 
and not in a bad way. They're going to say it in a good way, but like there's a definition in your head of like what that is. So what is that definition to you? Well, see, I look at models like Kendall Jenner and Gigi Hadid and all these girls who are like five, eight and taller and they have legs for days. Mm -hmm. And but I mean, those are the images that we grew up with. I mean, you know, I remember watching Disney and I would see like Miley Cyrus and I would be like, wow, like her legs are so long. I wish I looked Mm -hmm. like that, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I think Miley Cyrus looks great, but I know that I'm never going to look like her. And that's okay. And in terms of the skinny legs, like the, well, the body shape, right. the body shape that she has. I mean, she's taller than me. I'm no matter how hard I work out, I'm not growing any taller. Like, right. That, that, that's not happening. Yep. Um, so to kind of, to trace where the mentality changed is tough because I feel like it was a gradual Right. And even there are times where I do look in the mirror and I do get upset some days or some days I just don't feel good about myself. Or maybe it's been like over mm-hmm. the quarantine when I like there was a point where I was maybe only working out like once a week. Like I was not eating right. Like I felt like shit about myself. Um, but at some point along the way, I was like, OK, I like working out because it makes me just feel more capable as a human i'm able to pick things up like men will be like oh do you need me to carry that for you and i'm like no i got it you know i'm able to do that uh yesterday i walked home from work i walked four miles like it was nothing yeah um you know and just being able to capably do these things as a human and so that that aspect of me and my relationship with fitness that's where it changed too where i like to work Mm -hmm. out because it enhances my quality of life where I'm able to just be do things, be more active as a human being. So you don't work out for any specific weight goals. You're working out because it truly brings joy to your life and makes you feel like a happier person. Yeah, because I, I hate I hate stepping on the scale. I hate doing it. Sometimes I do it to like keep myself in check, see what's going on. But honestly, I wish I wish we had a scale that like um more measured your body composition because even then like a scale the scale just tells you the weight it doesn't tell you what parts is fat what part is muscle right what's water you know all that stuff so you know i'll step on you know to check in but i hate stepping on the scale and i always tell people if they're if they're strength training if they're doing anything that isn't like just strictly cardio or even or even not just strictly cardio honestly i just tell people to stop stepping on the scale because yeah you non-scale need... victories are huge because those are huge yeah i like to tell people take pictures of yourself um you know use a clothes measurer that pair of pants that you have you know put them on every week and see how the clothes feel yep. because that's a better indicator than what that number on the scale mm-hmm. says. Um, so, yeah. I think so that what, the question. That does. That does. I do want to go back to the scale stuff because I think this kind of ties back into our point about the negative stigma with fitness um, and that whole ideal to, you know, as as you said, growing up, working out was this it was this mechanism for us to lose weight and that's exclusively what it was. There were the fad workouts in the eighties. There were multiple weight loss programs out there, like the Atkins diet, like the South beach diet. Like that was all about shedding pounds away from you and not actually instilling 
sustainable lifestyle changes. Oh, because I saw those books in my house growing up. Atkins same. Diet, South Beach I used to diet. do them with my mom. Oh. I did all of those fad diets with my mom. All the shake diets out there. I've done some with my mom. And, and, and yeah. the shake ones are almost even worse now because it's all processed. Whereas at least a lot of the other ones, you were cooking, you mm. were having smaller portions, maybe having some packaged stuff because it came with the program and it was easily accessible. But it still wasn't sustainable because they were depleting you of nutrients. And it's kind of, it's scary to think that that mentality is still out there, that these diets are still out there. We're like, yes, people are able to lose the weight very quickly, but the whole point of doing this is for a sustainable lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. So, so to the people out there who kind of like myself, have a really difficult relationship with the scale where doctors have told me, you know, I need to lose a certain amount of weight for me to reverse a lot of the conditions that are in my family's medical history. Mm-hmm. How would you how would you address those people for their relationships with the scale? See, that's that's a difficult one. I mean, so me as me as well, I have a history in my family of, you know, conditions that have been made worse by weight let me let me backtrack my dad was almost 400 pounds uh when i was in seventh grade he was almost 400 pounds uh my brother when he was in seventh grade himself he was almost 300 pounds um you know so i've just seen how miserable like people that i love have been at that Mm -hmm. weight so your your dad was almost 400 pounds your brother was almost 300 pounds obviously those are weights where it's like you do have to lose that weight but Mm -hmm. more so for people like myself i'll be very candid i weigh 192 pounds right now this is close to the heaviest i was the heaviest i was was at the beginning of the year when i hit 200 and i had this whole moment with my doctor of like I got to lose weight and I got to lose weight quickly. Otherwise, a lot of these medical conditions that are in my family are going to creep up. So it was kind of put in my head of like, okay, I need to be weighing myself because I need to hit a certain pound for me to reverse effects that could happen five years from now. So to people like that, where it's like, you look at me, I don't look like I'm almost 200 pounds. I don't. And I don't see myself that way. And there are other people I know who I I talk to on a regular basis because we're going through that same thing where it's mm-hmm. like, we have to lose, a, we have to be a certain weight. But because our doctors are telling us, and it's not to say doctors are wrong. The doctors are not wrong. I'm not going against science. <laughs> Because it's kind of told to us in this almost scare mentality of like, if you're not 175 pounds or if you're not 180 pounds, you're going to have serious consequences, serious medical consequences. It almost creates this super negative relationship with the scale. How how would you talk to clients like that? Because I know you've worked with people in the past who have had those difficult relationships with the scale in that sense where it's like, we need to hit a number for medical reasons, but we also don't want to become obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So for those people, well, one, when you have that pressure on you to have to lose that weight, that doesn't help. That doesn't make the experience any more enjoyable. So what you would want to do is you want to find a form of fitness that you enjoy, that you enjoy doing, whether it's going for walks whether it's Mm -hmm. going for runs maybe it's taking a cycling class maybe it's doing boxing martial arts whatever that is 
just something that gets you moving. Mm-hmm. Because what fitness needs to be, it needs to be a part of your lifestyle. And if you like doing it, you're more inclined to put it in part of your lifestyle. Right. Um, so, for example, with my brother, he was 300 pounds. And uh, going into eighth grade, he was like, he dropped like over 100 pounds in one summer. And wow. he only did it because he was eating Special K for like every meal. He was eating that cereal for every meal. Um, he wasn't working out. Um, and you know, that kind of lifestyle, that's not maintainable. Right. So when he stopped eating the special K for everything, he would put the weight back on. So because it's, you're, you're depleting your body of what it needs to function. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So for you to build a healthy relationship with fitness, you got to find something that you enjoy doing that gets you moving, you know, and that that's going to take some trial and error. And it also could be multiple things. You might get tired mm-hmm. of doing the same thing all the time, so, you know? So what would you say to people who don't want to immediately seek it out? Because that's the whole name of the game with this, right? Is like getting off the couch or getting off that seat and actually going and doing it. Cause I know one of my biggest struggles is I don't want to go and do it. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes I just I literally don't have the mental capacity or the energy to get up and go do it. What would you say to those people? No, that's a tough one because I know it's I a do. Tough one. I I have days myself where I don't I don't want to get up. I don't want to run. Um. So then, what do you say to yourself? Well, one I think when when else am I going to go get this workout in? Like sometimes I just have a busy schedule, so I need to plan. I like sometimes I like I'll plan my life around when I need to go work out. Um so for those people who yes, the motivation factor that's hard. You know, I can't I can't tell you to have motivation. You have to find it within yourself. So, you know, you got you got to do a little bit of soul searching. You got to mm-hmm. figure out you got to figure out your why. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Behind why you want to get into fitness. Like, yes, you could have you could be trying to prevent some medical issues. But is there an overall reason? Like, mm-hmm. is, is there a deeper reason? So you got to do a little bit of soul searching and that'll help pull out some of that motivation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to just plan it into your day. So back in the days when people are going to the office, take your gym clothes with you. Um, wake up early before you have to log into work um you know what i used to do uh that was mildly crazy i would sometimes sleep uh in workout clothes so that way i woke up in my workout clothes that's not crazy that's like a suggestion I that know. some people have given and- i know and it works let me tell you because then i can't get the excuse oh i don't want to get up and throw clothes on like i don't want to go and do this i'm already fucking wearing it i might as well just go yeah yeah exactly you it, and it also it takes baby steps like baby steps get yourself into that mm-hmm. when it comes to fitness and setting fitness goals you don't want to be too i don't want to say broad and i don't I say too big but like when you like people come in and they're like my goal is to lose 20 pounds by blah blah blah, blah. and to set such a big goal like that it can be defeating if you're halfway through and you're not yeah. 10 pounds down so you need kind of that snowball effect. Yeah. So what I like to tell people is, okay, let's let's aim for one to two pounds a week. Those are those are little little baby steps mm-hmm. that 
through time, these little things that you achieved will add up to the bigger picture that yeah. eventually will add up to that 20 pounds or it will add up to that lower mm-hmm. pant size or whatever, whatever you're looking for. But you have to set it little by little. And when you don't achieve those little goals, you can't beat yourself up. We're human. We're going to we're going to fail sometimes. And that's OK. As long yeah. as you brush yourself off and you get up and you keep going. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's the most important thing. And I think that's even where I struggle in my own journeys of even my body image, right? Of like, I can get so down into a hole that I forget to pick myself back up and I don't remember my why. I don't remember, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that and that can be the ultimate defeater in all of this. Uh, and I know for myself, there are days I don't want to fucking get up out of bed. You know, it's it's a really tough environment to live in where every I I had to stop following people on Instagram for it. I'm like, don't tell me what to do and when to do it and how to do it. I'll figure it out on my own because it's mm-hmm. like everyone's shoving down your throat. You need to be active. You need to eat right. You need to drink eight glasses of water a day. And it's like, yeah, I know I need to do it, but I don't like want to do it. I you know, those things. It's like building a habit, right? A habit takes about 21 days or I, th- I think new studies came out and that it's different now. But still, like a habit takes a bit to form. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those first couple weeks that you're trying to build it up, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But I promise you that eventually, as long as you just keep sticking with it some way, shape or form, even if it's like, OK, you woke up late and you didn't get that workout in. OK, that's fine. Plan for it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Try again tomorrow. It's OK. Um, so how did you build your own habits? Uh, and, and I'm talking before you really got into the industry because you obviously started them before you became a fitness instructor. What was, how did you kind of get into that mentality? So when I was in high school and I wanted to be faster, I was somebody who was training in the off season. Like I was just constantly training going for the runs and taking I was taking the sport more seriously than my friends were I love them but you know I was really like I had my watch like I was ready to go and I Mm -hmm. went out running when it was you know 40 degrees out you know training in the off season because I wanted to be faster come track season that I used as my also training season right then that would equivalent that that would lead into cross country so it was that sense of me wanting to be faster and i mean because i was running that much that habit kind of stuck Mm -hmm. with me so what was your why in all of this was it only just to be faster or was there some greater like this is really what i want and being faster ultimately gets me to be there so (laughs) before um when i was in ohio you know my big why was I just wanted to keep the weight off. That mm. that was a big part of it, mm-hmm. um, which is why I do have like a negative relationship with the scale and right. you know weight loss. We should in just general. throw the scales out. Nobody I just, needs a scale. I just want to break it. I just want to take building. one and smash it against the wall and like never step on one again. Um, but as I've gotten older, I mean, there is that fear for me that I could you know gain weight without control because i've seen it happen to immediate family members Mm. um you know 
I I'm like I'm I'm in fear of that. I'm in fear of yeah. you know getting you know diabetes runs in my family. Yeah. Um, you know there are high blood pressure issues. Like there's a lot of underlying health conditions that run in my family that mm-hmm. I don't want to get that I know could be preventable now fitness is not the only way to do it obviously you got to eat right you got to do those other things as well you can listen to the future episodes <laughs> in this series to find out more but i just i see family members who don't move um that you know are kind of miserable because they're not moving mm-hmm. um and i'm like i don't i don't want to get like that like i don't want to stop moving it's like i think what's hard is people who live outside of new york because in new york everybody's active like i don't know someone mm-hmm. who's not active because we have to walk to work you walk to the train you're actively moving your body even if it's as simple as literally walking to get on a train like you're still getting up and doing something and something that i've noticed is friends who are living outside of new york it's difficult for them mm-hmm. to to find their reason and find their why when they're already home. They are, they work from home now. They do everything from home. And for us, for us to want to do something, we have to get moving. We have to go and get somewhere. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this answer a little bit more for you. Um, you know, I want to stay alive for as long as I can. Um it's no secret i've talked about it on this podcast before i am really scared of death and i know it's inevitable but i would just like to stay healthy yeah and also not like yeah well healthy so that i can have a great quality of life for as long as i can you know i Mm want to travel when things get better again like i want to see the world i also want to see how the world changes like um so and i think that's amazing i think one of the things too that i want to talk more about and i think it's a mantra you have is about body positivity and acceptance of your body and realizing your own body type and recognizing that it's beautiful Mm -hmm. because you said it everybody's body is different we're all built differently we all have different genes we all have a different set of dna in us and there is no one definition for what is healthy there, there, there's really not a set like this is exactly what you need to be. And I think that's what's so great about what you do in your in your business at work and everything you do. And I think that is something more fitness professionals need to do, because no matter how much I work out and eat and whatever, I'm never ever and nor do I want to be 150 pounds. Um, I'm probably going to stay within the same 10 pounds I'm at. And I'm OK with that because now I'm mm-hmm. at a point where I'm eating right. I'm moving around more and I'm doing really well. And I think that's something to to note with all of this, right? Mm-hmm. And like, do you feel good? Yeah. See, and like that's... this morning, I had a great breakfast. Scott and I had yogurt with some berries and some granola. We had a mimosa just because. But it was like little lifestyle changes like that that made us like feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the goal. Like you just I want people to feel good, you know, um, you want to feel comfortable in your skin, whatever your skin may be. Yes. And, you know, fitness. Y- yeah. Okay. People use it to lose weight, get stronger, whatever. But did you also know about the endorphins? The endorphins that got released when you, you want to know out? two people who I follow their fitness journey a lot. And I love what they're putting out there is Lizzo and Nicole Byer. 
Nicole Byer took up pole dancing. Really? I, I love that. She in, she puts it on her Instagram a ton, and she feels so happy doing it. Lizzo, um, she was just on the cover of Vogue recently where she talked about this and talked about her relationship with fitness, her relationship with her body image, and, and she's all about body acceptance. That's like her new message she's really putting out there. And both of them have said... We don't work out to lose weight. We do some sort of activity because it makes us happy. It makes mm-hmm. me de-stress. It makes me feel like I am a little bit healthier in what I do. Yeah. I mean, fitness was how I kind of kept my shit together. Well, almost together for so long. Um you know, going for runs like 30 minutes out of my day to just uh decompress from what happened uh to take a step away from the world and just focus on something else for a minute and then come back with a clear head. And Mm -hmm. I mean, whenever you do work out, whenever you move, your body releases endorphins and endorphins is your body's way of uh, reducing your pain perception. But endorphins are your body's natural opioids and they just, they make you feel good like the runner's high it's the it's the endorphins it's like they said in legally blonde nobody who has these endorphins just goes and kills somebody <laughs> i'm just saying they said it in hollywood man it has to be true but i mean yeah i just that overall good feeling that you get when you are moving when you're doing something that keeps you just go, go, go. Newton's law of, I forget which law of physics this is, but an object in motion stays in motion, but an object at rest stays at rest. Mm-hmm. So just keep yourself moving. So I think the other thing we want to touch on with this is obviously it's really important to have a support system, have people who you can talk about to and say, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling today. I always call them my clothes days where it's like I put on clothes and I hate everything that I put on like everything. And I'm like, I'm not doing this today. And there's obviously people who I reach out and, and talk to uh, about this. What would you say is like your support system? Oh, man. So I mean, I, I have a lot of people in my life who support my fitness journey, which I'm very lucky to have. Uh, so you know, you for instance, uh, my Thanks. parents. Um, so yeah, and I mean, having those people instill the confidence in me to just keep going i mean when i first started strength training i was a little nervous like i was like do women do this you know blah blah blah, that kind of deal um and being surrounded by those people in the gym they were like yeah girl lift that bar let's go like that's just such a good Mm-hmm. feeling and to have people understand oh you gotta go work out okay that's fine mm-hmm. like i'll wait so what would you say to those people who are afraid of going into a gym like that because i think i, I think even one of the fears i had going into strength training was being in a gym and not knowing what i was doing or people looking at me and laughing at me of like trying to pick up a barbell trying to pick up a dumbbell stuff like that what would you say to those people who are kind of struggling and looking to maybe do something? They just don't know what to do and and they have that fear of going into it. Well, I would say, well, one, maybe try a class-based setting to get yourself cuz the I, way the way that you're the way I, this question I'll, I'll rephrase it. 
What would you say to people who are afraid of working out in front of others who want to start this journey, but legitimately just don't want to be around others while working out at first? That's a good question. That's what this is stemming that from. Is like, a I, really I used to have a fear of going to a gym, going to the dumbbell section. And, and this is even when I was like training very heavily for figure skating. I still had this fear that people were going to judge me because I was either a woman. I looked like I didn't know what I was doing. I was also overweight. Like I was also just a lot of negative stigmas in my head of going and doing that. And it made me not want to work out in front of other people. And I think that's where a huge thing does come into play is like, yeah, you could go to a class. Yeah, you could go to a gym. But like, what about those people who don't want to work out in front of others? I would say start working out in your own home. Just start yourself moving because even just moving, uh, you know, if, if you aren't moving now, getting yourself moving, that slowly builds a little bit of confidence. Like, oh, OK, a squat like I've seen that before. I've done that before. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a push up. Okay. I've been, I've been practicing that at home, you know, and at least when you're in the comfort of your own home, um, you know, you're not afraid of people looking at you or watching you or judging you. Um, my concern as a, as a trainer from mm -hmm. that aspect is I'm worried about people injuring themselves, right. which is why I suggested the class because a lot of times when you go into a class, there are other people there who have never done the class before. I've never, you know, picked mm -hmm. up a kettlebell, a barbell, or they've never gotten on the bike before or, right. you know, and I won't lie. It is very scary walking into a class for the first time and not knowing what to expect. But at least me as a, as a coach, um, whenever somebody's coming in for the first time, like I always make sure that they're okay, that I'm checking in with them, that I make sure I tell them that they're doing a great job. Um, and that's what every coach should be doing. Every the positive reinforcement. Yes. Yes. And so when that, yeah, that's why I suggested a class because I've seen people from all shapes and sizes and right. experiences come so into you're more, a class. You're more concerned from the learning incorrectly aspect. Yeah. Because as a, as a trainer, I'm very, um, form focused. Right, which so, is very smart to be. Because, yeah, because if if you learn the incorrect form, you're you going to learn. You're you're going to hurt yourself. Um or your body's going to build incorrectly, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So, you know, you you want to you want to be safe when you're going into fitness. So, yeah, this 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 is a tough question. Uh, to answer. And I feel like, you know, this person who is a little bit nervous to go in, they may need to do a little bit of soul searching, figure out, you know, what what is scaring them um, and figure out, OK, how can I is, is there any way of me pushing forward? Like maybe maybe I start doing squats and push-ups in my house. Maybe I just start walking outside. Yeah. Maybe when I go for my walks, I run a little bit and yeah. then I walk again. I will say the beauty of having the internet now versus 15 years ago when people were starting to do this, you can look up videos of how to do the correct form, right? Like you can YouTube how to properly do a squat, how to properly do a push-up, how to properly do something that could ultimately build mm -hmm. them their own self-confidence. Because this is all... This is really all a self-confidence thing, mm -hmm. right? Like in order to kickstart this, 
it it has to start for not a weight related goal. Mm -hmm. And that's what this whole series is about is sustainable lifestyle changes. That's what all we're trying to get across, right? Yeah. Is like building that sustainable lifestyle change for you to kind of change your your own mental perceptions of this. Mm -hmm. Not only obviously is fitness a good, has a ton of physical benefits, but the mental health benefits from it are enormous. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I'm trying to phrase this question from is like, obviously there's going to be that goal of, yeah, I'm going to get a little bit healthier. But I think from what I know in my experience and my experience with my friends who have gone through this is there is this self-confidence aspect of feeling like we're not good enough, feeling like we're not good enough to be in that class or we're struggling a little bit. So it does kind of put this barrier up of like, mm -hmm. yeah, I could learn the right form or yeah, I have the right form, but like, why would I want to work out in front of somebody else when they're going to judge me? And that's where a lot of issues can obviously come about so to those people who maybe are doing the right form maybe doing the right things at home what would you say to them about wait a minute what would i say to them to to help boost their self-confidence help boost their self-confidence it it all it all takes baby steps and i mean i you know this this is a hard question to answer because I really can't. We got tell. these hard questions. That's what this whole series is about. I cannot tell someone exactly how to become confident in themselves because right. everyone's brain works different. Mm -hmm. So, the best advice that I can give is to just be kind to yourself. You know, um, just because you you know you're getting into fitness, you're you know trying to get fit, does not mean that you have to look like. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger or you know you have to be just like this fitness god no 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 you don't have to be like that mm -hmm. um, you know but you also got to be kind to yourself about that stuff I, I really no I'm I think that's that hits the nail on the head right is like you have to cut yourself some slack and mm -hmm. you got to you got to accept your own body first and realize you gotta, your body is beautiful. Yes. Your body is beautiful. Your body is amazing. The body does so many different things. I mean, oh my God, I could, I could go on for like a whole nother episode about how cool the body is and how it functions Facts. and how it just, wow. But I was going to say it. I had, like, I keep having this thought and Every time I want to say it, you're talking and I don't want to interrupt you. Um, but it goes off of the, oh, okay. I know what it is. Look, I, fitness is possible for everyone is the point that I want to, that I keep wanting to say. It is possible and it takes time. You know, fitness is a lifestyle. It's not a fad. It's not a quick fix. It is something that, as long as you work on it, no matter how slow, fast, whatever, as long as you take it piece by piece, mm -hmm. make it into your lifestyle, be kind to yourself, know that it is possible. Fitness is possible for everybody. I If that's the one thing that you can like take away from this episode is that you, if you can move, you can that's do fitness. That's fitness. You can do fitness. That's fitness. Moving around is... 
doing that exactly because i think for me personally one of the hardest things that i had at first getting into fitness is i did think that i would never be able to do it because i wasn't a sporty kid in school and I think back to my freshman year of high school when I couldn't even do one sit up and the gym teacher laughed at me. Look at me now. Look at me now. Like, you know, but it's, you know, it's possible for you to start mm-hmm. with, a, a, I don't want to say a nothing foundation, but like not really being able to do much. And if you are kind to yourself, if you work on it little by little, know that even if you don't have it today, you could have it next week. You could have it next year. You if could you have just... it tomorrow. It just yeah. that foundation takes one small step to get it moving and get it going. You just you just got to keep moving. If that's yeah, I would I would say yeah, just keep moving, keep pushing forward. You know, it's it, with with anything, with anything and everything. It's not a linear process. It is going to be an up and down process because hell, like I like I probably said like what 30 minutes ago i still have my days where i don't like how i feel or oh like i couldn't i couldn't get that lift that i got two weeks ago mm-hmm. or i didn't meet that time that i had yesterday but it's okay it's okay i can i'm just gonna try again tomorrow we have days where sometimes we just can't do it all and you have to recognize it's okay to not do it all yes and for those of you out there your body is beautiful. It is amazing. Love yourself. Be kind to yourself and just move. There you go. That's the best thing you can do. I think that's a great way to end this episode off. We missed all of our segments, but it's okay. Honestly, <laughs> we had a lot to get through, but I think I think all of this is extremely helpful to anybody who is struggling with body image and, and struggling with that relationship with fitness just being remembering to be kind to yourself i think is the biggest biggest takeaway from a lot of this is that is gonna ultimately kickstart so much for us the kinder we are to our minds the better it is it's gonna be for us don't tell yourself you can't because you can baby i know you can yes you can baby all right guys well that wraps us up here for episode 3.11 we have a ton more in store for you with this series we have a lot of special guests coming on and we're really really excited to bring it to you all today uh but on that note we got to close this episode out because we are out of time here so thank you guys again for listening once again my name's Alyssa. i'm sabrina and thanks for keeping it together with us this week and we'll see you back next week for episode 3.12 Thank you.